Hey, it's Lori. Last night I got to interview five fierce women who are great friends and also hiked Isle Royale together. And it was nice. I was able to laugh with them and it really struck home how important the hiking community is to each other and having those friends that you can hike with and laugh with and cry with and have a great time. You've met Jen before. She's known as Wandering Pine, and I interviewed her on her lash of the SHT, the Superior Hiking Trail. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was a really great episode, and if you didn't catch it or you haven't listened to it in a while, it's a great time to pull it out of the archives. This is also the first episode of me interviewing multiple people. I mean, more than two. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. I was a nervous going in, of course, but they made it so comfortable and um, and relaxed, and it really was a great time. So in this episode, Jen, Jessica, Andrea, and Angie talk about their 47-ish mile hike in Isle Royale, and also we meet Kim, who is also one of their hiking friends and was going to be on Isle Royale for her own hiking trip. So they got to spend a little time together too. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, Isle Royale National Park is uh, consists of Isle Royale and hundreds of adjacent islands and the surrounding waters of Lake Superior in Michigan. But as you'll hear, it's really far away from me in the state of Michigan. Um, it's been around since 1940, and it has known as the least visited national park in the lower 48. It's an island that you get to from ferry, personal watercraft, or seaplane. So the adventure starts even before you set foot on the island. So come along with me and be an honorary member of the squad. Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, so everyone introduce yourself and kind of who you are and, and uh, a little bit about kind of just your hiking background. Well, I'm Jen and I hike, let's see, I've uh, hiked, I do lots of micro adventures. So I stick around uh, Minnesota a lot, but I've also hiked the Superior Hiking Trail. I have also done some hiking in Glacier National Park and I have been to Isle Royale before. Um, that was five years ago. And just recently um, hiked in with these guys, with my friends. Um, but I, yeah, I do a lot of hiking and I'm also a Women Who Hike uh, co-ambassador, leader, and a former Boy Scout leader as well. So I love being outside. Yes. And then for listeners, I've interviewed Jen before. So, you know, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can hear all about her SHT hike. I am. Um, I am the grandmother of the group. So I started hiking when I was 60. I just found out I needed to do something that was extraordinary for myself and just to prove to my kids that uh, you can still do things as you get older. My husband's a triathlete, so I had to keep up with the family uh, sports, and I love it. And I, uh, my first one was the West Coast Trail, which is supposed to be the hardest trail in North America. 
and that's in uh, the Vancouver Island along the Pacific Rim. And uh, then I've just done local ones here. I've uh, hiked the Blue Mountains in um, North Carolina and Isle Royale. This was my third successful trip to Isle Royale. Wow. And so all of this you've started at 60. I think. That's yeah. And I'm just turning 65. So I've done it in five years. So you're like making up for lost time. Lost there. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm Jessica. I started hiking in 2018. So I had a really, winters in Minnesota are pretty rough. And I was like, heck with this. I'm going to spend all my time outside in the summer and bought some hiking boots, started hiking and fell in love with it. Within the year, I did a hundred mile solo backpacking trip on the Superior Hiking Trail, did some backpacking with Jen. Most of my hiking are within like Minnesota State Parks and up north on the Spear Hiking Trail. I have done some backpacking in the Boundary Waters with Andrea and on the Appalachian Trail. I did the Ver Ver not Vermont, Virginia, the Virginia Triple Crown. But yeah, I've started out as a solo hiker and then I kind of fell in love with being around friends. And I was like, oh, this is kind of nice having people to hang out with. And so. This was my actual, this was my first like group backpacking trip with people that I knew. I've been on trips before with like a company that I signed up for and only knew one person. So yeah, that's me. And I got to say, Jessica, I got a knit hat from you. So, and I get so many compliments on that. I just, and I know uh, you have one too, Jen. I don't know who else does from this group, but they're amazing. So uh, just so you know, I'm going to put in five more orders for this season. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's totally get lots of compliments and I love it. Awesome. So. Um, I'm Andrea. I've been day hiking. I probably started in high school, college, um, and then I got more serious and started the 52 hike challenge in 2019. Um, and in 2019, I also attempted to through hike the severe hiking trail. I did a hundred mile solo, got off trail. Then Angie, Jen and I did another 50 ish mile section. Um, and that was Jen's final stretch on the severe hiking trail, which was a really fun trip. And then I did another 80 miles section in 2020 and then finished the trail with day hikes um, through the Duluth section in 2020. Did some Boundary Waters backpacking with Jessica and then a separate trip again with Jen, Angie, and our friend Fancy Nancy last year mm -hmm. and then last fall. And then Isle Royal and lots of day hikes in between. So I'm Angie. Um, I've been hiking uh, like 20 some years. I don't know, a long time, probably longer than that. I've done, I just started backpacking maybe four or five years ago. So that was kind of a new adventure for me, but I've always wanted to backpack. So it was kind of exciting to finally be able to do that. But um, I've done most of that on the SHT um, and up in the Boundary Waters. And then I've also done some hiking in Costa Rica, um, which is um, a place that's near and dear to my heart. And last August, on some of the most hottest days you could ever do it, I did, um, I hiked the Grand Canyon. It was supposed to be rim to rim, but um, the because of COVID, the um, the lodge at the bottom was can or closed, so we, we just did. We went down and then back up in one day. So it, I guess it was rim to rim, but only one rim. 
I'm sure that was still tough. I can't, I can imagine. Ooh, uh, wow. That's, that's a great accomplishment. So how do you all know each other? I guess that's, that's one of the things I wanted to ask. How did you, how did everyone meet? Yeah, I, I feel like I should say, since everyone else is saying how long they've been hiking, I started hiking when I was 40. So I want to add that too. I have been hiking for nine years, um, but, but, but it's tied to your question. Um, I started uh, hiking with uh, my kids, Boy Scout troop, but then I started to, as they grew older and out of the program, I started to meet women through some women's hiking groups. So I think We've all met through Women Who Hike or another yeah. group called Thrive, which is a outdoor women's group out of uh, Hudson, Wisconsin. And so that's, I know where I met Angie, but um, we've all met either through Women Who Hike or um, the group Thrive. Now, is everyone based in Minnesota or? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. For right now. now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Currently. Currently. Okay. So. I had reached out because I had followed that you guys had all went to Isle Royale together and it's on, it's on my wish list, which is funny because, you know, living in Michigan, it is a Michigan national park, but it's like many hours away. I'm from Michigan originally, so I completely understand. I've never, <laughs> it took me moving to Minnesota yes. to go. So, okay, so, Minnesota. Yes, it is. Uh, that's what I was, yeah. I was looking at. So what part of Michigan did you, were you from? Um, uh, a very small town called Coleman, Clare. Oh, Clare. Clare's like north of Midland, Mount Pleasant. I went to school at Central Michigan. Tell us where so, it is on the mitten <laughs> on your hand. <laughs> oh, I went, okay, whoops, wrong side. <laughs> Like it's in the middle. I can't. I'm holding my phone. <laughs> okay, good. We're, we're, we're gonna believe you. <laughs> no, the true test of a Michigander. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> so everyone met through hiking, and you know you've been on different trips. As you know, I, when I listened to you guys talk about uh, some of your solo stuff or with other groups, as I was mentioning, Isle Royale is in Michigan. Um, it's something that I've wanted to go to. I've been very interested in. But it just seems sort of like, oh, man, there's a lot of work that goes into figuring that out. So I've always been like, oh, that's too much. I can't do it. You know, it gives me anxiety. So talking to you guys, you're going to alleviate all that and give me all those secrets, right, of like how to actually plan for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So who had the idea to go? I mean, Jen, you said you've been there already um, five years ago and then. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what brought you all together to go together? Well, we actually went two separate. Okay. Like I went and they came. So we actually just met. I had it planned. I think you had it planned. We realized we were going on the same time. Um, so we met up there. But uh, I don't know. It seemed like it was like six months in the making maybe longer than that Year for us i remember we were on the sue hustler boundary waters trip when we were talking about that was last september and we were talking about isle royal and the last time i went i was a group leader we took i think we had 16 scouts and adults split into two groups of eight so it was this big undertaking, getting everybody transported and the food made. And so um, that was uh, that was an amazing trip in itself. But I remember talking about that with the gals as we were um, 
hiking through uh, the boundary waters and um and i think it was angie that said i want to go <laughs> I, I want to go and i was like we should go <laughs> and i think we sat on that for a couple of months and it was around january and i pulled out my iowa oh jessica of course was like i want to go and uh, <laughs> i don't need to know anything somebody just tells me yes what day i'll take it off and then i just Take along. She's <laughs> always, always ready for the adventure. Yeah. And I remember Kim had taken the seaplane there last time she went. I went on a little trial run, like a, a tour on a seaplane and thinking, that's how I want to go next time. Yeah. And so as the as the trip was forming, I remember saying, well, there's only four seats on the plane. So this can't be a big uh a big group like the last group that I went with. And so we actually made our, I would recommend anyone who is think, considering a trip to Isle Royale to make your reservations. Um, I We made ours in January. So for the plane, yeah, and it was already starting to fill up. So yeah. it's it's, it's a, um, a park that's gaining in popularity. It's still very remote, but if you're thinking about it, I would say if you're doing a summer trip, uh, getting those reservations either for the ferry or the uh, plane in January is is critical and I just kind of jumped right to like how we did it but you can only get to Isle Royale to my knowledge either through a personal boat mm -hmm. uh, or a commercial watercraft or a plane I don't know of any other ways to plane. get there a seaplane yes yeah, <laughs> I know I don't think you can skydive there I don't think anybody's done that yet no, they're shooting in <laughs> So I did see a picture of your the seaplane put on your blog, and it reminded me of those planes. I mean, I I have been to Alaska, so I kind of like in Alaska. I know there's the bush planes, and it's basically they weigh you, weigh your stuff. Like you have to like, was it like that? I think it's the same thing. I've never been to Alaska, but I think it's the same thing. It's on two pontoons, I would call them, like these floating skis. <laughs> Both the pilots I've had for uh, taking me to Isle Royale have all been Alaska bush pilots. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you'd have to be like yeah. that kind of experience. Yeah, so they um, they try, they go up there off season because they're done with Isle Royale in October, and then they'll go and do some uh, winter flying up in as long as they can Alaska or early spring flying. I didn't know that. Yeah. And is it like, is it very pricey? Like, how do you, you know, just kind of a range of how much does it cost to go on a seaplane? It's about $350 round trip from um, Grand Marais. I think it's okay. somewhere out of Michigan. Um, Grand Marais, Minnesota. Grand Marais, Minnesota. Yeah, thank you for okay. That. Yeah. And That's I think it's yeah. the, the ferry altogether. If you're going to go, uh, you can go to Windigo, which is on the West End, or you can take the ferry all the way so if you're coming from Michigan, you're probably coming into Rock Harbor, and that would be, um, and they're about $150 maybe, so. I think that was even one way. I, I did kind of glance at the ferries, and it was it was pricey still. I think it might there. be a little less coming from the Minnesota side because it's a shorter ride. Um, for our scout troop, that was the most expensive part of the whole trip. You know, it's just the ferry ride. And back then, I haven't quoted it recently, but five years ago, it was about 70 bucks a person yep. to go to Windigo. Um, so, you know, but I think you have to look at how much time you have off, how much time you want to be on a boat. Not everybody 
travels well by boat, so people get seasick. Um, and so going straight to one end of the island or another, I think is one thing. But if you're looking at taking um, the, the boat, the ferry, I think you may know more about this, Kim, but it, you can be on the boat for six, to eight hours if yeah. you're going um, all the way to the top from... From the Minnesota side, it can take you seven hours to get around to Rock Harbor on the ferry. And if you got some rough seas, they're not going to, like the early part of this year, they actually had to land in Macargo. So people who had thought they were getting off at Rock Harbor, which is the furthest point, had to get off Half Island and walk to Rock Harbor because the plane or the ferry couldn't make it around. Yeah. Uh, but now in the summer, that changes because the weather's a little bit more. But uh, yeah, if you're not boat worthy, I'd say take the seaplane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we all thought that it would. I just remember how much fun you had and how much fun I had on I loved that. It. Well, I took a tour with our our youngest son um, through Isle Royale seaplanes, uh, just a tour on land and near Grand Marais, um, right after one of my superior hiking trail sections. And I just remember how much fun that was. And I just felt like it was worth it was worth the money. Like, I, I just felt like it's part of the adventure, you know. It's uh, So I think we all agreed that um, taking the seaplane would, would kind of be part of the adventure. What did you think of the seaplane, Jessica? What did I think of the seaplane? <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I, I think water is absolutely beautiful. I cannot see without my glasses, and I do not know how to swim. So anything that, like takes me over water, freaks me out. But our pilot, Stuart, great guy, really eased my nerves. And we made it alive. And it was a lot better coming back. And the flying over the land part is the worst. That is choppy. Um, flying over the water is pretty smooth. Landing on the water was, yeah, was I think smoother than cool. most land landings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was so cool seeing like when you get close around the island, like how clear the water is and you can see the different formations and yeah, it was totally worth it. And shipwrecks, yeah. Yeah. And I like, shipwreck, shipwreck. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. He's <laughs> <laughs> like turning the plane like towards the water and I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> we're going down. <laughs> So, so we've talked about, you know, the transportation part, but what else went into planning? Because you were, I know you've, you did, and, um, it was a 47 ish mile hike that the four of you did. How did you prepare for it? Did you do anything special? Like try to do any shakedowns or practice hikes? I am so bad at like preparing for things, but I just... It works out for me. So, like, <laughs> me personally, I did a couple, like, hikes with my pack around my neighborhood, but nothing, like, I just, honestly, I just go out there and do it, and it works out well. I didn't bring any rain gear. I, um... Not recommended. <laughs> so, when I was on the Appalachian Trail last fall... The first day I had to hike 10 miles in the downpour, none of my rain gear was keeping me dry. And I'm like, I am not carrying this on the island because I want to keep my pack as like light as I can. And I understand rain gear is not heavy, but I was not going to carry wet gear around that wasn't going to keep me dry. So that was my preparation. <laughs> Speaking of pack weight, so on your blog, Jen, you had listed everything thing out to the ounce 
I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like getting lost in all of this. <laughs> oh, I too, like, I will say that, like, I've, I've def- definitely come, I feel like full circle. As I was, you know, my first trip to Isle Royale, I had, I don't know, almost 40 pounds, 35, 40 pounds, and I was carrying a lot of extra stuff. And, um, and, and that was with shared gear too. That was not, we, we haven't talked about that, but with the, with the group I was in, we were sharing gear and my pack was still significantly heavier. Um, and the, the preparation for the superior hiking trail, that was where I really started like scrutinizing every item in my pack. I made an Excel spreadsheet and almost every backpacker that's, you know, interested in lightening their weight at all will do this. You know, this is like standard practice, but you know, just, or a lot of people do that, but, but I, and I got my pack to a certain weight and I, and I had it at that for my through hike and it felt good about it, but then it, it kind of started stressing me out. Like, I just thought, I don't want to go through an analysis paralysis every time I want to go backpacking. So I, I did not weigh really much or, or maybe sometimes I would just weigh the whole pack before I went on my trip, just out of curiosity. But, you know, um, I recently recovered from uh, just a neck injury and some other things. And so going into this trip, part of my preparation, um, along with, um, I did do a lot of training hikes and I did have to do strengthening because I'm older. And also like, I just need to also have that confidence. Like I know that my body's ready for this, Um, but I, um, I did weigh some things and ditch some gear and try. And I also added um, some items that I don't normally carry. Like I brought a watercolor kit. I brought a stool. I brought twinkle lights, <laughs> you know, some things that were not normally on my gear list, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't overloading my body because my body um, just, I did not want to carry a very heavy backpack. I lied. I did prepare for something. <laughs> it just hit me. I did. I walked. 10,000 steps for like 60 days just because I wanted to walk and then I adopted a dog and that dog likes to pull so I guess I did train a little bit. you did. That's training. So I walked. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What how about everyone else's packs? What were you I know Jessica you ditched rain gear so you didn't have the rain gear but was you know what were you putting in there to prepare uh, for the trip? everything normal the only thing different this round was when you treat you have to treat your water and filter it so that was one thing different where you had to i had tablets i don't know whatever i asked the guy at aria what's gonna kill the tapeworms and they said this so i i was like okay and i know um these gals had aquamira drops what did you use yeah i had catan or catan oh okay pills yeah. yeah. And Angie, what did you have? Um, I just used iodine, iodine drops. So why do you have to do both? Because oh, bugs, Uh-oh. bad bugs. Well, Isle Royale, I, I, I think, I'm not a naturalist, but I think because of the wolf-moose cycle and also life cycle, and also that the island is basically overrun with moose, <laughs> so there's a lot of poop happening there. Um, So you've got viruses, Mm-hmm. You've got all the things you normally would use your water filter for, but then you also have bacteria and protozoa and like there's a list of things. And so I know that there's 
I think some people who've been going to the island for years, there's maybe a little debate. Some people will say, oh, I've always only filtered and it's fine. I hear a little of that conversation on boards. But, you know, I do what the rangers say. And if they're saying that there's viruses and other things, and oh, there's also algae blooms too. So there's, there's it's, and it's mostly the inland lakes. I think that Lake Superior, you know, that's that's one water source, but the inland lakes have more. It, it's not, yeah, and you wouldn't know it by looking at them. They're beautiful lakes, but I think they just have more stuff in them that you need to, to decontaminate before you drink it. So I'm assuming there's lots of water sources around um, the island, but were there problems at all? Or, I mean, do they have, I know there's some more modern, not, I guess I wouldn't say modern, but there's visitor center areas that probably have the, the water that you can get there um, as you're kind of coming in for people that aren't going to go backpacking. Um, but but how are you kind of getting water along the way? Yeah, those two water sources are only, to my knowledge, only located on the two ends. So Rock Harbor and Windigo are the only two places that have a spigot. And, and it's one spigot for the each end. Like, yeah. It's not, like, <laughs> it's not like there's a lot of spigots. There's <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, but you have to plan. I'd say you do have, it's not like the Superior Hiking Trail where you have more access to creeks. I, I feel like there's a lot more water sources available, readily available water sources on trails that we've been on together, like the Boundary Waters, um, where you have to be a little more thoughtful um, because there are dry stretches. There are very dry stretches, um, maybe 10 miles. I mean, to me, I think that's a long stretch. So you'll have to carry more water and just plan that out. Um, yeah, it seems weird that you're on an island. I thought it was so weird. And then one day, Jen was like showing us the itinerary. I was like, 13 miles, no water. We're on an island. <laughs> so it sounds like you did like some of the prep of looking at, okay, what is the National Park Service site says, but there was also something about like, you know, boards that you went on, kind of uh, chat groups. What resources do you guys recommend as you were planning or um, paper guides? Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what people should look for. Andrea, do you have any? You had you had a book? I had a book. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember. But there's an uh, Isle Royale guide that um, gives you kind of mile by mile. and um, Jim Dufresne. Okay. Dufresne. Because you have the same Dufres one. I have the same yeah, book, yeah. yeah. I think we all, I have. It's like a book. Yes. There is no electronic version that I could find. Um, <laughs> And I prefer electronic version, so I type part of it up. You're awesome. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that was helpful to at least see what we were, because um, it gives you my, mile by mile, and um, it's a guidebook like other guidebooks. So. Yeah. I had this app that's like used for hunting. It's called Onyx, but it had like I just pulled it up because I didn't. I brought my Garmin in the car, and then right as we were getting on the plane, I'm like, I'm not bringing this Garmin, so I left it in the car. <laughs> and then I just had pulled up the app, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's showing me right on the trail. And like, it had everywhere, like, I could pull it up, and it would show a dot, like, where we were. You could drop points for camp. It's not like gut hook, like they have on, like, the AT or the PCT. It doesn't have any more information, but like, it was very helpful. I think the National Geographic, um, their map is probably one of the best maps to get. Um, and it's a little, it's coded, so you just throw it in your backpack. <clears throat> and then the um, I, the Isle Royale Forum is really a great place to go yeah. um, on Facebook. 
or just Isle. I think you can get there on Facebook. Or... Well, there's two. There's an yeah. Isle Royal forums, which is more of like an old school forum kind of website, and then there's also the Isle Royal Facebook group, which right. I think is also very useful. Um, I use those, and then I also I like uh, Keith Mermel's maps. He's drawn uh, the map of the Superior Hiking Trail, the Boundary Waters. They're like a, a useful work of art. So, I mean, they're actually, he's a cartographer. And so uh, he has a map of Isle Royale. And so I use that for planning as well. So uh, between the, all of us, and I think Angie, um, I don't remember if you use something electronic or. I use Jen and Andrea. I, I, I kind of I was in the middle of a, well, we're moving and it's just, it, I've been so busy and I barely had time to even look to see. I, I mean, I brought doubles of things because I didn't even pack. So Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what I didn't bring? <laughs> My Do you wish you would have? Possibly, yes. <laughs> Maybe as much as your rain jacket. <laughs> I, I did read it gets pretty, it was cold, right? It got into the 30s. It got very yeah. cold. Yeah. Angie, always I, the coldest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sleeping bag doubled as a puffy jacket. Well, you have to be innovative, right? I mean, <laughs> I think we can drop Angie into a loan now, right? The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you share gear? I mean, obviously you probably work a little bit, kind of, you need this, so, you know, help each other out. But were you all taking like your own tent? The only thing I shared were two things of toilet paper from Andrea because I ran out. We, and we did not share those. Oh. <laughs> I, I gave those you for verifying. <laughs> I gave those to you. They're very cool. They're like these packable ones that you like get wet and it like turns into toilet paper. What? That is a necessity. That is cool. It's very cool. Way better because yes. like. I brought just like normal toilet paper and wrapped it up. And then my fanny pack got wet because I didn't have rain gear. And <laughs> I lost some toilet paper. And that is like gold. You don't want to that waste that. I did see that in the blog that one one of the camp sites where you're at had five privies, but bring your own toilet paper. A whole island. So let it be known. There's no toilet paper supplied by the National Park Service on Isle Royale. Even if it was in the past. When I got to the last shelter on the last day, or um, somebody had left a roll of toilet paper, they probably were flying out. And that's like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> like grab and run. This was like a bonus. <laughs> On your last day, though. Well, I had to actually sleep overnight, oh, so yeah. I did leave the rest of the roll there nice for the next person. So nice. it was like, pay you know, forward. pay it forward of the toilet paper. Okay, what about food? Um, what food were you bringing, kind of thinking of your pack? Was it like dehydrated food, bars, ramen? Like what kind of food did, did y'all bring? All of the above. Yeah, of the... I feel like Angie brought the best yeah. food. yeah. Angie she brought butter. Lots of butter. Wait, but did you say butter? Oh yeah. <laughs> I did. Yes, I brought butter. What What did you use it for? Um. Well, I don't. I don't eat a lot of sugar or bars or anything. I'm a health coach, so I eat probably a little better than some All of my us. friends are. But <laughs> um. So for 
for my energy, like if I needed extra energy, I, I had dates that I brought and I liked them in butter. So I would just stuff them with butter. So that was my little kind of my little treat. Okay. So how did you keep so that like? Um, just the little, you know, the little canisters okay. or the little, you know, I just shoved a bunch of butter in two of them, except I couldn't eat one of them because Jessica sprayed it with bug spray. Mm-hmm. So. And you know, that's funny because I was envisioning a stick of butter. I don't know why. No, they're in containers. <laughs> um, so that's like, it's, uh, I guess, segue into bugs, um, as well, because, I know. Okay. So I just went to uh, sleeping bear dunes and for me, that's sort of up North. It's not in the UP or anything, but, but uh, when I went out to the water, there was the flies and they were just swarming. I mean, I've never seen so many like flies around where you really were like, Oh my gosh, I'm running away from this. So I have heard that it can get really bad with bugs, not just like the mosquitoes, but the biting flies. Um, and things like that. So how, what was the bug situation like uh, at the time you went, which was over the Memorial holiday, right? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we went during a really dry spring Mm -hmm. and like, I feel like we just hit like this perfect window for bugs. They were just starting to wake up. I didn't feel like they were a really big deal. We wore our bugs one day or maybe two, just because they were kind of in our face, but like, but anyway, I mean, I, I didn't think they were bad, but I have also heard that the, the bugs on Isle Royale are kind of legendary, <clears throat> but I think we've had a really dry spring. I have been there in August and it's not been bad, but I permit there and everything. Um, like my tent, my sleeping bag, everything, but literally the underwear and bra. So I think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. This time I didn't pull my bug spray out at all, but I'm always thankful I have it with me just in case. But um, yeah, because those black flies in August when I was there, they they were nasty. If you were just sitting around, like we ended up having to eat in our tent or in our shelter one night. Um, if you're lucky enough to get a shelter, or if you want a shelter, that's something else we should say too about the shelters. Mm-hmm. Like we got to camp maybe around between four and six, five thirty, maybe five each night. And most campsites were full by then. And so like, if you're planning a trip, it's best to try to get there. I would say like maybe by three. Um, but we, I mean, we would not have had a shelter the night we did unless Kim had been there early and kind of saved us one. Um, it was a popular weekend. We didn't see a lot of people on the trail. It's not like we were like mm-hmm. in crowds of people, but when you got to camp, it was always almost full, one spot left. And usually the rule on Isle Royal is that you make efforts to share camps with people. So if it's full, you make friends, but most people like their own space. Um, so, uh, but I'm just throwing that out there as a bit of advice, get to camp early uh, if you wanna make sure you pick your own spot. <laughs> so speaking yeah. of camp, when you were planning your trip, you were probably looking at the trail you were taking and maybe different campsites along the way. Do you, uh, do you reserve them or is it just kind of first come first serve? You get one backcountry permit and then figure it out. How does that work? First come first serve. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in a group. So group, the first time I was on Isle Royal with a large group, you do have to have an itinerary and you make reservations and that's how they kind of manage large group sites. So those are technically reserved. 
Um, <clears throat> but if you are an individual backpacker, you don't need, you just get a permit and you can camp in any designated campsites. They do have another type of permit that I've never done, but you can get a, um, like some sort of dispersed camping permit for Isle Royal where you can camp wherever, as long as you're responsible and using leave no trace practices, but you have to have a special, um, dispersed yeah. Yeah. camping permit to do that. And I think you have to prove you're a bushwhacker, kind of like there's. <laughs> you have to pass it. Yeah, you have to be, you you, have to you've had that. to have been on the show alone. Yeah, <laughs> they won't let you do that. Right. Well, I guess the thing is to not like make the goal of going to Isle Royale about getting to a shelter. You know, the goal, like, just yeah. have your tent and know that if you don't get there in time, still enjoy your day. Be safe. Um, it's really a safe place for either solo or or team hiking. Um, I think it's really people out there out there to enjoy nature there. I, I've never felt unsafe out there. Um, in fact, this time, I think since COVID was over that it was almost more friendly. Like there was a lot more openness of people sharing, come over and have this, or hey, I got this extra, or um, I even got s'mores one night because a guy had a campfire he shouldn't have had. Oh, oh. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, he, no he fires. packed in with a solo stove. Oh, so it was like a little... A little twig stove. Oh, and so sure. they had marshmallows. They have the whole s'more thing. I'm saying that, um, yeah, just don't make your goal a shelter. Make your goal to enjoy Isle Royal for the beauty that it is. And I, I think that's kind of a good segue because I was thinking, well, I would love for you to know, Laurie, is um, the difference in our trips so Kim, I was going to say, you, you were saying don't make the goal of getting to a shelter, but I think one way to do that would be to plan a trip, maybe with shorter miles. Yeah. If you want to hang out on one end of the island where the campsites are closer for us, we had really long days because our campsites were further apart and in order to hike. So I don't know if we, we covered that, but you know, the four of us, we hiked from end to end. We hiked from Rock Harbor all the way down to Windigo and um, Kim took a trip where she was, and you can talk about your trip, but we basically rendezvoused and met up with Kim. Kim had been on the island for a day or two before, and so we met and had one night uh, camping with her, and then we continued on on our trip, but you had a different type of... Yeah, I just did a, a, a loop trip, and um, I also took time to take a water taxi um, out and see things that I hadn't seen on the island before, like get really close to the lighthouse, so cool. get really close to the Edison fishing village, um, see loons straight up in their eyes. Like I, I, I took time to enjoy the island for more than just the backpack on my pack. And uh, so I had shorter mileage, like except for, I think my longest day was 10 miles, but that was because we heard a thunderstorm was coming and I wanted to boot it back to uh, someplace safe, not be caught out in the <clears throat> thunderstorm. But um, yeah, I think it's, you have to hike your own hike or hike whatever is comfortable for you. Um, my first trip to Royal, Isle Royale, I actually broke my foot in mile two and then ended up hiking three more miles and then four miles back to wait for the ferry. So it wasn't my most pleasant. So this was my most pleasant. So when you mentioned, you know, doing excursions, so uh, I was wondering, so there are maybe services um, either approved by the National Park Service partners, I guess, that do these kinds of things like 
water taxi maybe are there is there like canoeing and kayaking as well yeah we met a couple from north carolina they were were they sea kayaks yeah yeah i think you have to bring your own boating gear though so i would say services um when you say services i would say services are concentrated at rock harbor and windigo and there is a lodge at rock harbor there's no lodge at windigo so i'd say rock harbor is the site that has i believe they have a restaurant they have a small they store they have a lodge um, but i don't think they rent they do any rent. equipment oh yeah. like kayaks yeah they rent kayaks oh. and day skiffs oh, that. um that you can take out and you can take them out for an hour or you can take them out for a day i think it's like 120 dollars to take it out for the day but they have barriers you can't go past, like you can't get out into the middle of Lake Superior and never be, yeah. <laughs> um, but they also have the water taxi that say if you want to do another part, like if I wanted to go from point A to point B and be there or want them to pick me up at McCargo and then I want to do another loop, that water taxi will pick you up. It's not cheap, but it'll pick you up and, and ferry you to different parts of the island but you have to arrange that you can't just stick your arm out you can't like, like there's not taxi like it'll be like it's not like new york city like you gotta make you that. still have to be planned it, everything has to be planned okay so again important to do your research and planning up front it's not yeah. a place you can just kind of okay i'm going no i'm just gonna see what happens yeah but i think it's really cool to knowing that i've experienced the island kind of in two ways with a large group and all these logistics and then a smaller group hiking end to end i just think it's really cool that although i isle royal is a remote island it's a national park in the middle of lake superior there's still so many ways to experience mm -hmm. it i know people who have taken the ferry from grand marais sorry, Grand Portage, Grand Portage to Windigo and back. They've just done some day hiking and come back the same day. Uh, some people stay in the lodge. Some people backpack for 10 days. We met a father oh and daughter. Gosh. They were out there for what? 12, 12 days. days. And they had all their food with them. I was like, what are you eating? <laughs> they were eating the same things that we were. Yeah. they. And I was like, why are you out here so long? And they just said it lined up with, because the ferry isn't running. The It wasn't running mm -hmm. fully while we were out there because yeah. we were early. And they're like, it just lined up. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but I think it's cool. I just want to throw that out there that it, it you don't have to necessarily be uh, into mm -hmm. a week-long backpacking trip, 50 miles. I think there are other ways to experience it. You have to plan it. It's not easy to get there, but I think it's it's pretty – I think there are it, other ways to experience it, which mm -hmm. I think is cool. I want to take a water taxi. I want to do it the way you did yeah, it. Yeah, the water taxi is like the way. That's was awesome. Yeah. Me too. Why do we walk so far? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like the third day, I was like, "Why are what? What? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, well, like I said, I didn't do any research. I just went on the trip, so I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know what the shelters were like, because like on the AT, the shelters are just like fully open, but on uh, Isle Royale, they have doors with screens. They have hooks. They have shelves. They are quite nice. They are so, nice, actually. So you gotta tie your boots down. Is that what I read? Oh my god, yeah, you do. There's a fox that likes to steal your shoes. That is not a myth. It's no, really it happened to true. people. People have had their boots swiped by foxes. What you how you walk home, I don't know. We saw a gal in just crocs. Like <laughs> we did, and I don't we don't know if it was intentional, but one day we were sitting, I don't know if it was Angie, she was like, 
her shoes. Like, <laughs> we were just like, oh my. And then we're like, I wonder if the fox got it. Yeah, when I was there with the scouts, we had them either, either you put your shoes in your tent or you tie them up to your tent poles or you just have to secure your shoes or anything. Anything. Oh, actually, anything. You know, like yeah. I remember Angie asking, are the foxes going to steal my water bottle? <laughs> are they going to steal, like, if it's not tied down, like it should be in your pack or because the ranger really had us like she told us like there are thieves at camp, uh, these little squirrels. And we had like three birds where they like really large chickadees. Oh, my, those birds. They were large. <laughs> they should not have been that large. They were the eating goshawk. good. The goshawk. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the goshawk. So I just, when I went out, even just uh, on my local nature trail, there was a bird dive bombing me. And this was just oh a regular gosh. little bird, like a little bird. and But it scared me so much. So when I was reading about and the talons and this and I was like what so what exactly was going on with that uh it's goshawk what is it how do you call it goshawk yeah um well we checked in at rock harbor and the, the ranger was giving us like the overview and she said and there's this goshawk and it's got a four foot wingspan and you need to put your backpack over your head and you need to run this section. What was it, like three to five, five miles? Five, five, five she miles. Said, she showed us on the map and she was like this. Like, I'm, I'm moving my She's like, it's somewhere in here. And she said, and she said, run. And we were like, what should we do? She like, put your backpack on your head and get through there as fast as she can. And she yeah. said, your trekking poles won't scare it away. Yeah. But then <laughs> Jen was like, we're at camp. And she was like, you know, I bet the ranger is pulling our legs because they do have trail cams. Like you would be walking and there are trail cams out there. I would think that's hilarious if I was a ranger. I'm like, here they come with their backpacks <laughs> yeah. on their heads, 30 pound backpack on their right. heads. But yeah, then right? we had Andrea text her partner back at home to be like, hey, is this real? And he goes, it's real. <laughs> we were so sad. I was like, oh my gosh, but. And that wasn't yeah. until like day three. And that was. So it was, yeah. Day. So if it's day three, it's like, it's being built up in your head. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we got to like Mount Cisco. We're like, here it is. Here's where we all <laughs> get our faces <laughs> scratched yeah. off by a mother goshawk. And instead, we saw a moose. Yeah. No goshawk. surprise. <laughs> and then we, in that section. But we did not put our backpacks on our heads. No. We are okay. like. We can't do that. A risk of yeah. die. Right. Yeah. yeah but so we did right. see a moose. We yeah. saw no goshawk, but we saw, we did see a moose. Which we cool. did see something. I don't know if you have to beep this out. <laughs> <laughs> we saw human poop in a toilet paper in the middle of the trail. The middle of the trail. Like, what happened? Doo doo on TP. Like, what? I don't know. So like, they couldn't get off the trail. Like, just get off the trail. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was that was our second day. That was uh, awesome. that was the worst. That was a human sighting. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, but back to the moose. Yeah. The moose was kind of far away, which I was kind of okay with. Like I wanted to see a moose. I did not see any moose last time. I think we were all probably too noisy of hikers uh, with our group. Me, myself. Having too much moose. fun. Having too much fun because <laughs> uh, there are. Over a thousand moose on the island. Uh, I 
can't remember what the county 2000, is now. 2000, I think, almost 2000. Oh, see, there you go. And so we actually saw one from far away, but you saw one close up. I saw one too close for comfort. Um, I was actually uh, in my, uh, I was done hiking for the day. I'd done like the 10 miles. I was just kind of resting. I actually was sleeping and I heard something hit my shelter. So I quickly, like you're out of a dead sleep and I just see the butt of a moose going down the hill. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I just missed that. Another guy I'd seen on the trail that day, um, he came by my shelter. He says, did you see the moose? And I said, and this was about a half hour later. I'm like, yeah, just a little bit of him. And he said, I know where he is. Do you want to go see him? So I'm like, sure. He says, I've been tracking him. He was a animal conservationist. And so he was tracking this moose. Uh, and so anyway, we went and saw it and it was still far away. Go back, cooking my dinner. And I hear the lady in the next shelter going, ma'am, ma'am. I don't answer to ma'am usually. Me neither. So I'm like, cooking. She's like, come over here. And I'm like, we're okay. And she goes, there's a moose right there. <laughs> and it was literally at my picnic table. And he like walked right by my picnic table, right around the corner, and then just through our three camps, just like he had no, he, well, he, I don't know. It's his house. It was his house. Yeah. We were in his house. Yeah, yeah. his house. And it was really close. Very close. Like within 10 feet. Closer than you want to be to a moose. And we were all very respectful of the moose. I mean, we, we did get to the side of the buildings. And then we watched him as he walked away from us. And we got a, kind of a cool photo of that. But um, they are big and they are powerful and they are to be respected. Yeah. So again, yeah, respect the moose, the wildlife. Stay yeah. back. Don't try to make friends. No. <laughs> With Lots the of moose poop and moose bones like everywhere. Yeah. Like the bones, that was crazy, like just to see. Yeah, we think we saw some evidence of wolves, which oh, was yeah. cool because I think I, I honestly do not know, but I last I heard there were about a dozen of those on the island. Yeah. Uh, I think one ran home last winter or they lost one, but um but they do have a population of wolves, so yeah, they're they're trying to do their part to control the moose population and restore some balance. But um, that was cool. We did not hear any howling, but I heard howling on the last night. You did? Yeah, you could hear the loons, and then you could hear the. But I was right in Tobin Harbor, so I was inner island Tobin Harbor, and you could hear the uh, just the wolf kind of at one o'clock at night. It's kind of like howling at the moon, and you, cool. it was pretty cool. That is cool yeah i don't know i just think the wildlife there is if you see it you're you almost feel like you've been blessed by the wildlife gods <laughs> or if you haven't seen it you know they're there and that's a whole nother um just it's a special place to be it's really special whether or not you see a moose or not it's an incredible yeah. national park morganser that's the name of that Oh, yeah. oh the Morganzers. Morganzer. Yeah. Yeah, we saw some cool stuff. They have a cool head. Oh, yeah. those ducks. Yeah. With the hairdos. Yeah. Those, were, the hairdos. Yeah. Yeah. those yeah. were really neat. Yeah. And you, you probably, the, I will I will put a plug in for the, uh, the flowers. I was yeah. like just blown away by the spring ephemerals and the orchids that we saw. We saw a rare um, ram's head uh, orchid. 
and these tiny, tiny little lady slippers and just some, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not super knowledgeable on plants and flowers, but I just know that there were, there were some really beautiful spring um, blooms uh, coming up. So the, I think the time that we were there was really great for seeing um, some spring blooms um, and the bugs were not too bad. No. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, yeah, perfect. But so did you have any stress? moments or you know was there any type too fun in there because it sounds like now it's like oh everything was great but when you were on the trail were there moments of like you know I'm over it um yes I stormed into camp <laughs> the second was it no the third night to hatchet lake so like the, we knew it was going to be a long day. My sleeping pad popped on night two. So, like, I did not get good sleep. And I knew we were going to have to hike long, and it was fine. And then you finally see that site for camp. And then they want you to hike a half-mile spur downhill <laughs> into camp when you have, like, shaky knees and legs. And I was so upset, and I stormed into camp. And I was like, Jen, do we have a faster way off this island? I was like, I need to see the map. Then I looked at the map, and there was no. Do you remember? Yeah, I just said, well, here's the map. <laughs> Let me know if you find anything. <laughs> <laughs> just gave her her a letter B with the yeah. marble map. Yeah. Looking at the pretty pictures. <laughs> and I calmed down. I did. I calmed down. Um, and then the next day was my best day. But definitely those spurs, man. Like. I've never had such a long, I mean, I've been like on the SHT, there's a couple long spurs into camp, but oh my goodness, like. I think it's a mindset because you've been hiking all day. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. here's the campsite sign. And then it's like, surprise, here's another bonus hike. And then it was a camp. rough hill. Bonus hike. Jen it was also like, okay. nicely. Yeah, <laughs> 0.5 miles to the, get to the campsite. And it's not even the campsite, it's the, the like, the sign, the the sign, sign to the campsite, the and then it's another, like, yeah, oh, my gosh. And then so we got down. Way. Then you get down to the map, and then the map says it's another point two miles to the camp. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> I just laid down with all my stuff because I was like, <sighs> but yes. We survived, though. It was beautiful. Day three was my rough day. Yeah. I said, I never, uh, never mock mud. That is what I have learned. Never, never look mud in the face and say it's not a big deal because I was humbled. <laughs> I was, there was a little bit of grumbling about the mud. And I was like, oh, you guys, this mud isn't that bad. We've hiked through worse on the SHT. This isn't that bad. And I did this little like maneuver and I like kind of did the splits. So then my knee, I felt like the splits, but I did this knee twist thing and I went right in the mud. And I, my pride was bruised. I just was like, whoops. And I was like, okay, I got this, you know, you know, and like, what am I going to do? Sit here and there's no way, you know, but it turns out. So I kept, I hiked 20 miles on a, a sprained knee. Turns out I sprained my MCL. I like really twisted my knee hard. But at that moment, I was just kind of laughing at myself for just being like, oh, this mud isn't that bad. <laughs> and then I ended up having like a really sore knee for the last two days of the trip and um luckily it felt better when i was moving it did not feel good when i was uh like when i was stopped sitting at camp so that was my my low point was getting humbled by the isle rail mud 
So give me the the quick kind of point to point, I guess. So because we've talked about you were going from one end of the island to another. But like, what was it like day one was from here to here, then next day? Do you want me to give the lowdown? Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) They all look at me. (laughs) It's my turn. And I feel like I'm doing all the talking. (laughs) Angie, feel free to jump in. Um, So we, uh, yeah, so we landed at Rock Harbor and we went Rock Harbor to the Tobin Harbor Trail to, um, we did not take the three mile trail, I think is what it's called, the Rock Harbor Trail. We avoided the Rock Harbor Trail because we heard that that was a little rougher and we were fully loaded. So we took the Tobin Harbor Trail to three mile campground. And then from three mile, we hiked, um, and that was three miles roughly, maybe four. That's why they call it three mile. And then from, oh, thank you. And then, uh, so day two, Andrea just handed me the itinerary, which is all written out. So she's super organized. Uh, thank you. And then so day two was 8.3 miles from Three Mile Campground to Mosque Basin. Beautiful. And, yeah, so trail. Beautiful trail. That was really a great trail. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And we got to meet Kim at the end. Yay. Yeah. And stay in a shelter. Yeah. Shelter so three rocks. Two. Shelter two yes. rocks, right? Yes. yes. And then day three was 13.6 miles, Mosque Basin to Hatchet Lake. And that is say was where we got under the greenstone and had some more challenging terrain. And rain. And rain, and rain yeah. And rain, yep. Yeah. And uh and the the spur that never ended. And then day four was fourteen point seven miles, our longest day. And that was uh, Hatchet Lake to Island Mine. And that was the day that I twisted my knee. That was fun. And then day five was about seven miles out from Island Mine to Windigo. And that was it. And we clocked, what, 47.6 miles? My math is correct. Yes. I was an English major for those. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I mean, the island itself is, I think, a little bit shorter than that. But counting spurs, I think there's over, I don't know, there's well over 100 miles, I think, of trail on the island that you can hike. So can Yeah, hike. I think I did like 26 miles altogether by the time you're done. And you can do... In Rock Harbor, I did the little Skullville Trail. It's not little and it's not easy. It's four <laughs> miles um, of never ending, but that takes you out to the very Eastern tip of Isle Royale. So, I mean, there's so many day trips you can take or hike. So if you're just in camp, if you just go to Rock Harbor, you can actually hike around for three days. Although you're only limited to stay in Rock Harbor campground if you're camping for one night during the season. So they have a one night limit in Rock Harbor because, but unless you're staying in the Rock Harbor Lodge or you're staying in the house cabins on other than that, when you're out on uh, the trail, other campgrounds, most of them are two to three nights that you can stay and do day hikes out of those. So you said you did a loop, you yeah. did the whole loop. Okay. And so you can put together those as well then. Like you, you know, just nice put together as many different loops as you however many miles you want to go um you just put together loops depending on what you want to see if you want to get up on the greenstone do you want to stay down by the lake um or an out and back out and back Um, the last trip i was on a lot of scout troops do it but the feltman loop is uh, closer to the minnesota side so it's very accessible it's a short ferry ride from grand portage to windigo and then it's about a 35 mile loop that's on the kind of, I guess, would be the southwestern side of the island, the Windigo side of the island, um, but very scenic. So uh, really pretty views of Lake Superior. That's also a very nice loop. Uh, the Feltman Loop is what it's called. And I will put links, find 
some of those and put them all in the show, show notes, of course, and then and, you know links to the, the blog posts. So what I want to ask all of you what your favorite part was of the trail and or the trip. And Angie, I'll start with you. Um, my favorite part, I think, was our, actually our first day, second day, um, because we hiked more along Lake Superior. Um, and the views were just beautiful. And I love, you know, hiking along the lake. Um, I, I would say that was probably my favorite part, even though I woke up freezing cold, but it was still my favorite part. So. Uh, boy, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I keep, it was such an unexpected delight to find that little ram's head lady slipper. I don't know why that was so wonderful to me, but that was like a little gift. I mean, I loved all the scenery, but that seeing that was actually a really, really cool thing. Um, and being with my friends, getting to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard. Being Having these guys for a sleepover was really fun, <laughs> actually. It was like, it just takes time to laugh and these guys bring laughter and knowledge. They, they can drop some knowledge on you quicker than anybody. Um, but I think one of my favorite nights was the last night I was there. Um, it seemed like, and again, I said this year, it seemed like people were friendlier. It's like about 15 of us gathered down at Tobin Harbor to watch sunset about 10 o'clock at night, just people from all over. I actually, somebody from Flint was there, one a teacher. Um, and just people from all over just sharing their experience and how nice it was to be back out in the wilderness again and the national parks. There was just an appreciation for the national parks. And it was just a fun night of just chatting with people you never maybe ever see again, but just experience something the same. It was a beautiful night. My favorite was like Angie, I liked the second day. The hiking was great, um, being right next to the lake. And then also on backpacking trips, I never just relax at camp. And I remember we got into camp and I just went down and sat next to the water. And I was like, man, we're just chilling. We just hung out all night. We went and like did a little fashion show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A dock, a dock yeah. can be a runway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was so fun. And then I sleep. That's when Jen broke. did this. Oh yeah. Yep. She painted, painted that. Us. Oh yeah. I forgot to say that was my favorite. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Painting watercoloring was my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Super fun. Oh, and last, the last night I had mac and cheese. And I gave some to Jen, and that was delightful. That was such a generous gift. I was hurting, and you gave me your cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, day two was also my favorite, just walking along the lake um, and then staying in Mosque Basin. Um, this campsite's gorgeous. Um, we had a sleepover. We put up the <laughs> twinkly lights. They, for were on, 10 they were on for about 10 minutes, and then we all went to bed, but it was. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then the sunrise there was stunning too. But yeah, just absolutely spectacular. Um, and I'm not a morning person, so that's saying something. It is. So yeah. I didn't watch any sunrise, no sunset. I didn't see any stars. It is so darn light out, so late, and I was just like, 7 p.m. I'm ready for bed. I need to sleep. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. It yeah. felt like it got light very early like at 4 yeah. 30 in the morning mm -hmm. and dark at like 10 30, like in may it was a uh, very very 
very light. And we were also there around the full moon. So oh, even yeah. when it was dark, right. it was super bright yes. outside still yes. too. So just take your hat and I yeah. just hid in my hat and I was like, let there be darkness. <laughs> <laughs> so a different type of hiker midnight. It's not, it was seven, not even oh, like nine. It was closer to midnight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what I know you kind of dropped tidbits in here about uh, advice for other you know people who are interested in in heading out there. What kind of advice would you give? Other advice or anything, you know, to to let the listeners know if they're interested in in heading up or over. I would just say like start start learning and looking at the island like now give yourself some time this is not a trip that you want to plan last minute i don't know maybe people do that but i think it's something to it's definitely something um to look at maybe a year minimum six months in advance just to make sure that you get a spot because i think it's going to grow in popularity um and then my like really practical piece of advice that I heard right before I got to the island last time is wear a real watch. Wear a watch that mm-hmm. is uh, on your wrist or not your cell phone because cell phones don't work on Isle Royale generally speaking. But if they do uh, get a little blip of service, you can flip between um, central and eastern time zone and miss your ferry. So you don't want to do that. So like wear an actual watch so you know the how what time it really is not a gps enabled watch because my watch didn't connect to cell service but for some reason it flipped to michigan time but my phone didn't because i was on airplane mode yeah it was super weird but michigan people wouldn't have that problem because they're gonna stay on yeah. michigan time. right i yeah. guess maybe that's advice for the minnesotans yeah, but, yeah um or if you're leaving out of the windigo side but i just wore a timex like a classic watch so we always knew what time it was i would say take less clothes than you think um you don't need that many clothes like people sometimes overpack the clothes but take extra warmth like sort of a good sleeping bag puffy jacket, a puffy <laughs> jacket. maybe a soft pillow i like i have brought in a full-size bed pillow on in the boundary waters backpacking <laughs> on the appalachian trail and now to isle royals because awesome. it it's so light and you can fit so many things around it in your pack and like a good night's sleep, especially when your air pad pops on night two, <laughs> at least you have the comfort of a pillow. It's really, it's quite lovely. They're like two ninety nine at Target, plug it, get it. It's good. Comfort. <laughs> If you go in a group with friends and you have two friends that are really noisy, they should be confined (laughs) to their own space. (laughs) Oh. I snore, hence comfort of pillow sleeping. I sleep hella good. Very good. I sleep very good. So I go... Well, and and what was the noise that you were making? Farting. No. (laughs) No, No, I I have a... I think it's a neolite... Um, it's a really loud sleeping pad, and then I use Tyvek as my ground sheet. So oh. I and I move around a lot. So. so it was like the crispy, the yeah, that yeah. crunchy, yeah. crispy, whatever. Yeah. That I think that was your trail. What was your trail name? It, it was something like that, crunchy, crispy, crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. crinkle. Yeah, we called her crinkle. <laughs> so we just we her Andre and I slept next to each other. Yeah. So our camp, the campsites are big enough that if you have noisy people at night, you can. <laughs> Be like, you go sleep over there, and then 
the quieter people like the lighter sleepers heavier yeah. sleepers well, I'm not like I'm not a heavy sleeper though you're just a crinkly I'm just a loud one crinkly I'm just sleeper. a loud sleeper <laughs> I just think don't let the experience stop you like don't let the over you have to think it out I'm not gonna say don't you have to plan but don't overthink it if you can only go for three days and see a little bit of it yeah. go and see it like if it's something you want to see because probably it's the least least visited, visited but most, most revisited yes national park because people will go back again and again because there's just it's it's amazing wait did angie have any advice oh did i bring your coffee <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you can't trust your judgment. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, I think, you know, for me, I think it's just enjoy the trail as you're on it. I know sometimes the trail gets kind of monotonous. There were sections, especially in the with the greenstone, where you're seeing the same thing over and over, mile after mile after mile after mile. And I think for me, it just helped to just kind of try to start noticing little things. I don't know. And just enjoying the time there. And then it, it kind of went faster, but. I agree with that. I think I was, I had that feeling too, where when it, when I maybe was, my knee was hurting or different things, just remembering the gift that it is to be there, like being present in the gift that it is to be in this wonderful, like national park, like this beautiful or this Island that humans have inhabited for generations you know and to think about that that really kind of kept me grounded and appreciating uh, the moment and of course since cell phones don't work then you can kind of not have that distraction too yes that's that's such a a big plus yeah (laughs) such a big plus Mm -hmm. because you don't waste your time what's next for everyone is there another group event trek at all planned Maybe. I've started doing some research on the Kekakabic Trail and the Border Route Trail and the Boundary Waters. Um, Just very early preliminary stages. Um, So I haven't shared anything yet because I haven't. I shared a little bit with you. Um, But we've talked about it. Yeah, and you and I have talked about it. Those two were on my list when the pandemic hit. Those were two trails that I just did not do in 2020, but but I would like to. Yes. I'm taking my, oops, sorry. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I'm taking my dog on a 10-day camping trip, so please pray for me. You'll be fine. And then uh, paddling in the Boundary Waters. Oh, yeah. Well, and tentatively, what's the year this year? 2020, 2022, possibly doing the Tahoe Rim Trail on Whoever wants to join, anybody. And my next goal is the East Coast Trail, which is uh, from Newfoundland to Nova Scotia. Oh. Uh, it's like 217 miles, but it's like village to village. Can um, I come with you? Yeah. Is this a solo trip or is it like no. a quote unquote solo trip? It could be this trip. trip. <laughs> it could be the squad trip. And is the border open? Well, it will be open. Um, well, it'll be open by the time I get ready to do that. Okay. So, because you did the West Coast Trail, so this is nice, a nice bookend now doing the... Yeah, I'm going to do the West Coast. I, I did the West Coast. I survived the West Coast and trail, and now I'm going to try to do the East Coast Trail. Um, 
in over probably it takes two two and a half weeks to do um and just village to village so yeah that sounds fun what about you angie i know um uh, maybe the keck i don't know i don't i don't have anything like um set i guess so um I'm, i'm moving next month so my mind is in different a different spot right now but um, hopefully, I usually do some sort of fall trip. So whether that's um, with Andrea and Jen or whatever on the on the Keck or maybe on the SHT, we'll see. So okay. you can post it. But I think we're all doing little camping trips. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And is everyone on um, like Instagram and social media? How can people connect with you? Yes. Instagram page. I'm at Colorful Cottage. I am wandering.pine. I am wandering sea goats. <laughs> and I am be still and wander. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we laugh because we, what do we call ourselves? The wanderings. the wanderings. The wanderings or the wandering squad? The wandering squad. I the wandering the squad. Wandering. Perfect. It's funny because I have a blog that I never write on, but it's called the uh, Wandering with Wrinkles. Oh, what? I didn't know that. What? Right? I didn't even <laughs> know that. I didn't even like, laid that knowledge on you guys. Wandering with yeah. wrinkles. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I'll have to re. I'll have to bring it back out. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I, that's me. I'm in the with wrinkles. I broke my hand and was like, I'm gonna get a blog, and I wrote like a ton of one-handed blog posts, and then I got my cast off, and I'm like, I am not doing this anymore. She called it the one-handed blog. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect, and it's. But blogging is not easy. I mean, no, no, I would like to say it is not, (laughs) but it's fun. All right. I'll put links to your uh, Instagrams and also to the blogs. And uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. And this was so much fun. So I'm glad you were able to come tonight. Yeah. Thanks for letting us be your first group. Hopefully it won't be your last. (laughs) All right. Well, Thank it was nice know. to meet all of you. Bye guys. Thank you so much, Jen, Jessica, Kim, Andrea, and Angie for joining me and really making me smile and giving me a lot of knowledge, firsthand knowledge now about Isle Royale. Listeners, uh, it's been great sharing Michigan with all of you. I'm not quite done with my Michigan season yet, but I am thinking ahead and kind of figuring out what I want to do next with the podcast. So I would love to hear from you. Drop me an email, hikepodcast at gmail.com or find me on social media at the hike podcast. So until next time, see you on the trail.